Hey everybody, Charlie Epstein here, and we're at Business and Booths at wonderful Center Square Grill, what I call the Cheers of Western Mass, where everybody comes morning, noon, and night. And I'm so thrilled and excited today to have, uh, can I say an old friend? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, someone I've known uh, from business uh, here in town, attorney Frank Fitzgerald of Fitzgerald and Company. Mm-hmm. Um, probably one of the most successful entrepreneur attorneys that I know. And I say that because I think of you more as an entrepreneur than an attorney, even though you still say Esquire, right? Right, I still yeah, do. Yeah. At the end of your name. So tell me where it all start. Where, where were you born? Where, where, where'd you grow up? I was, I haven't really yet. Yeah, that's what I understand. Yeah, I'm, yeah. I was born in Springfield, grew up on Hunger Hill. Oh. And uh, went to grammar school, went to Cathedral High School and uh, spent a little time at UMass and then uh, finished up at Western New England. Uh, then I went to Western New England Law School at night. So how many years ago was that? Uh, it's been it's quite a while. I passed. Yeah, when did you pass the bar? Passed the um, very infrequently, because I was here last night. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I passed the bar in 1973. Well, but let's let's go back. So, what were the influences? I mean, did you always want to, like, did you grow up, wake up, and say, I'm, "I want I want to be a lawyer"? No, 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 no. You, those in, in those days, when when I was going to grammar school, going to high school, we didn't have expectations of what we would be, and so everything that flows from that is kind of like direct dial, no operator involved. You know, you go from one thing to the next. Uh-huh. You graduate from, from high school, you go to college for a while, maybe but, you don't do as well as you wanted to do in college, and then... Uh, but was there something like, in, when you were in high school, like when I look back at high school, like I have a 17-year-old right now, and I'm trying to convince him that his senior year next year should be the best year of his life. Because growing up for me, high school was fantastic. What was, what was it like growing up in Hungry Hill for you back in the... Oh, it was terrific. 50s, it was terrific. Right? We'd walk around the streets. We'd hang around the corner. It was great. Yeah. And everybody was friends. Yeah. And everybody got along. There was the, there was no technology. There was no technology. Uh, uh, my mother often said, you know, the the ladies in the neighborhood would say your son shouldn't be hanging around the corner, and she'd say I like him hanging around the corner because I can see him from the front porch. Yeah. I know where he is, and that's the way it was. So that's the kind of neighborhood we had. And what did your parents do? What did your father do? My father was an Irish immigrant, and uh, he worked at the American Bosch as a machinist, and my mother worked for the post office. Lori, my, that's where her father worked at Bosch. Oh, yeah? Yeah, my father-in-law. Good. Yeah, Good. they were all hardworking guys, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah. Did he, was he in the war? Did he yes, serve? Yes, he served in the war. He, served, yeah, he was a sergeant uh, in the Army. Yeah, like my dad. I mean, those, are the, those guys were amazing, right? Came home, put it on the shelf, yeah. head down. Yeah. Started a family. That's the way Look who they got. <laughs> yeah, they got us. Well, they got yeah. a little heartache over the course of that time too. <laughs> I know. Yeah, yeah. Payback's a bitch. Well, yeah, 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 yeah. So, was there anything you were interested in in high school or college, or you were just just went hanging along. at the corner? Just went along. Really, one thing to the next. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like I said, direct dial, no operator involved. So, what? When did the switch go off for you, or, or did it that you? Because you said you went to UMass. Yeah. And then you ended up at Western New England for law school. Right, right. What was well, I well actually finished up undergrad at Western New England. Okay. I was I partied it up a little too much at UMass, so I had to transfer. <laughs> yeah. I always tell the story. I came home one time from UMass with my grades, it was a D and four Fs, you know, point two. Yeah. And uh, my mother said, How can you get a D and four Fs? And I said, I think I concentrated too much in one subject. <laughs> 
absolutely. So uh, those were the days. You know, we didn't yeah. have much of much expectation of what we could be, but we moved along and, and uh, was fortunate enough to uh, get into Western New England and graduate from Western New England and got a job. At uh, my grades weren't good enough for me to get into the executive training program, so I got a job at uh, the Old Valley Bank, uh, oh, yeah. signing up people on Valley Charge Card, going around from merchant to merchant with a car full of printers and decals and putting them on the windows. And uh, That's how I got started. And uh, when I got there, somebody called me one night and said, you want to go to law school? I said, that's a good idea. At the bank they called you? Somebody called me, a friend of mine called me at home one night and said, uh -huh. you want to go to law school? I said, that's a good idea. He picked me up. We went over to Western New England and signed up, and that's how I started law school. And who was that? His name was Tom Walder. He's gone now. He died uh -huh. uh, about two years ago. Good friend. Did he become a lawyer? Yes. Okay. We went five years together. So night. just out of the blue? Out of the blue. You guys never talked about it? We, I, we may have talked about it. We right. may have talked about it. We knew it was there, but yeah. uh, I hadn't signed up. He said, I'm going over. You want to come? I said, okay. So back then, so what year was that? That would be 1968. Yeah. So law school tuition in 1968, do you remember what it was? Peanuts. Yeah, right? It's like maybe, a couple of grand or three grand, four grand? If it was that, right. it was maybe $750 a class. So you took four or five classes. And Amazing. That was it. Yeah. And were you working at the same time? It was working days, yeah. So you're working at Valley? Yeah. And going nights? Going nights, yeah. Wow, Three nights a week. That's great. That's great. So I, was, I had a family, too. I had a young son at the time. Okay. So I, I had some anxiety. I had to get going. I had I to was, get it. I was going to say, yeah. right? You're working yeah. at the bank, selling charge, yeah. credit card, whatever, and yeah. And then I was fortunate. They moved me over to, uh, I worked in the marketing department for a while, and then they, they moved me over to help start a small business loan, small business loan department. And uh, uh, that uh, was just a terrific experience. So those were the banking info. We'll get to the banks yeah, a, 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 a little bit down the road, but now I'm seeing where the influence came in. So did you work at Valley the whole time you were going to Winnick at night? Yes, okay. and, and actually for three years after I passed the bar. Um, I had a terrific job uh, calling on entrepreneurs, making small business loans. It was just great. Yeah. And, uh, so it was, uh, so who are some, do you remember, like, who are some of the first business people that you called on that, that, that are still friends or relationships today? Well, one of the, one of the greatest stories is, is now the company is now pro-laminates over in Westfield. And uh, uh, Ed Levy, uh, became, who became a good friend and uh, actually was a director of our, uh, director of Bank of Western Mass, yep. uh, came to uh, Westfield and he wanted to uh, start a business and uh, was buying uh, an extruder machine from a local company. He didn't have any money, but the local company was willing to let him pledge the extruder machine to get an SBA loan to get started. And uh, uh, that company now, Ed since died, but right. that company now does over a billion dollars in sales. So wow. It's a, it's a, so those kinds of things really make it worthwhile. Right. right. I remember my classic banking story when I was 21 and I started in my business. And I thought, wow, if I had some money, I could advertise. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if it was Valley Bank or SIS. I think actually it was Shawmet. So I go to Shawmet and I said, um, I'd like to borrow $10,000. And they were like, oh, right, come on in. And took me upstairs and they had a sofa. They didn't have a cappuccino machine. I think they had coffee and they sat me down and said, how can we help you out? And I said, I need to borrow $10,000. And they said, sure, just all you got to do is fill out 
all this paperwork. So I'm filling out this paperwork and I'm feeling really good. And they come back and they said, well, everything's all set. We just need you to do one more thing. And I said, what's that? They said, we need you to open up a checking in a savings account. I said, sure, I can, I can do that. I said, is that it? They said, well, oh no, there's one more thing. I said, what's that? They said, we need you to deposit $10,000 <laughs> into the savings account. And I looked at them, I said, maybe there's been some confusion. I'm here to borrow 10,000. And they said, well, yeah, first you deposit 10,000 and then we'll loan you 10,000. And I went, oh, I get it. No deposit, no withdrawal. Became like a lifetime. <laughs> Always make a deposit in a relationship before you, you make a withdrawal, you right? Before you can do anything like that. So were there any people early on that influenced you in kind of, that you look back there and were, go. There, hmm. there were many. Yeah. Very many. And I would I would hesitate to start naming names because I'm gonna forget some. Right, somebody, yeah, I didn't give so, right. I mean there <laughs> all through give life, them a break. <laughs> all through life there were many. And and I hesitate to really start. Um, you know, I think probably you'd have to you'd have to go all the way back to my parents, you yeah. know, and say if they, if anybody had any influence on you. They were very humble people. Mm -hmm. And I think humility is an asset. Yeah. And so uh, if anything, we'd go back to them. Yep. But nobody else you want to name for fear of. Yeah, I would miss somebody. <laughs> There's a good long list. Which they is, know who they are. Yeah. So what do you love about? And so now, how do, so you went to law school, stayed at the bank, doing business loans. When did you transition into law? Um, I think that was 1976. And how'd that come about? Um, my good friend and uh, former partner Gary Fialki called me one day and said, why don't you come over and practice law with us? So I joined a firm called Bateman, Bacon, Weltman, and Cohen. And so, but and you knew Gary through the loan business? Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. I was his loan officer. Okay. Yeah, he was like you, but he didn't put the ten thousand in the bank. <laughs> he just asked for <laughs> he it. Just, he got it. He got it. He got it. And he always paid it back. Right. Yeah. So does that mean I never pay it back? I'm not sure what he just said here. <laughs> so he just calls you up and says, "Come on and join." Oh, we, had, the bank. we knew each other and said, yeah. "Let's try it." And yeah. We did, and it was a great experience. Yeah, because you were there for almost 25 years or something? I was with uh, <coughs> Gary was Bacon and Wilson. Uh, Bacon Wilson for 16 years, and okay. then I went out on my own right. in uh, 1992. Yeah. Yep. Best decision you ever made? I'd say one of the best. Yeah. yeah. Hard best. decision? Yeah, very hard, very yeah. hard, very hard, but gratifying. Yes. Over time, it's yeah. gratifying. You know what it's like. Yeah. You know, There's nothing better than being your own boss, right? right? Yeah, absolutely. So, what do you love about? What you do? I think, I think it's 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 the people you meet. I mean, I do. I represent risk takers, and they're people that are fun. Mm. I mean, they're 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 entrepreneurs. They're working hard. They're trying to get things done. They're not unwilling to take a chance, and uh, it's just a good experience to work with them. Yep. Yeah. And that, a lot of that came out by doing the loans, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, that's invaluable experience. Right. I mean, right. I think it's it's interesting where, like, you know, if you started to connect the dots, how? Yeah. One, it's like I said, <laughs> direct dial, no operator involved. I'm lending money to entrepreneurs. I decided to practice law. Natural transition is to have those entrepreneurs become your clients. Yes. And that's how it happened. Yeah. And I'm just curious, because especially for our viewers, and there's a lot of people that are either getting in business, they're in business. I mean, you've built an extraordinary, I mean, this is my 
opinion on the outside. Are you patronizing me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Here's a quarter. Thank you very you much. Know, but you've built an extraordinary list of clientele, an extraordinary list of successful entrepreneurs. You know, you're high, well respected. And a lot of people just don't do that naturally. So when you were business lending, I mean, there's a lot, what, 90% of the people fail at business lending, right? I would, I wouldn't. Not that high? No, no, okay. I wouldn't say that. Most people succeed. Okay. Most people succeed if they get the right ingredients. Yeah. You know, and money is one thing, you know, you need capital, yeah. but you also need talent and you need where you haven't got talent, you need help, management assistance. And I think I've learned that over the years is that people that want to be successful in starting or running a business, uh, just lending them the money isn't all they need. Right. You need to, they need to have some help. If they haven't, where, where, they, where they have deficiencies, they need to have some help and that helps make the, the business successful. And so how have you done that? I mean, how have you done more than just say, here's your money, good luck with your business? You make sure they have good good advisors. Okay. You make sure they have a good accountant, a good financial advisor, make sure they hire well. Yeah. You know, that's to help them hire well, because that's what makes make that's what makes it work. Yeah, exactly. What do you hate about this work? Um Really, really, not really anything I can say that I hate. You know, yeah. I mean, you know, you know, that's it's it's, it's fun. Yeah. It's so that's why I'm still doing it. Yeah, exactly. And you're only, anyways. Yeah, never saying. mind. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, what would you say the greatest decision you made in your life was? Is my wife going to see this? I hope Obviously, so. that has to be the greatest decision <laughs> I ever made in my life. That's about it. How many years married? Uh, 52. Wow. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Yeah. I think, let's see, if I add up all my marriage. No, I'm not. You can, you can, you can I'm add not there on. yet. You can, pile, you can pile on. Can I pile them on? Yeah. 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 So okay. we, won't, we won't go there. We won't go there. Yeah. All right. Second, after your wife. Uh, I guess it would be to, in terms of a business, it would, would be to go out on my own and start yeah. my own firm. Yeah. That would be, that was a good decision. At the time, there's a lot of apprehension, as you well know. And, yeah. uh, but it, 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 there's a great payoff, and it's not just financial. Yeah. Yeah. And what, and what would you say beyond financial is that great payoff? The ability to recognize that you've accomplished something. That's really what it is. And, you know, you can, at the end of the day, you can go out, have a drink with some people, and understand that maybe you did something that day that, that made somebody more successful or made somebody happy. And uh, uh, you had some part, part in it. Right. So let's talk about that because you've had a major impact in this community with when you launched Bank of Western Mass. How did that come about? I mean, well, you, that's a huge undertaking. I haven't done remember it Remember Cafe Manhattan? Oh, yeah. We used to. Yeah. Well, we used to sit around. <laughs> right. First of all, when I, left, <laughs> when I left the banking business and making small business loans, I had it in my mind that someday I would like to be a part of a bank that specialized in making just small business loans. So fast forward six or seven years later, we start talking about it with a bunch of people. And it wasn't just me. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be given all the credit. I mean, we started the Bank of Western Mass with originally 36 incorporators, all people yep. like myself that uh, put some money in to get it started. And, and so there was a group and then we wound up with almost uh, three, 350 investors that were local people that really made it happen. That's what makes it happen. It's not just me. Yep. And uh, 
and uh, you know, people with a like-minded mission to uh, put something together that would uh, take care of small businesses that weren't being taken care of in the way they should have been at that time. And that's what happened. So we, yeah. And uh, we operated independently for 20 years. Uh, seven years or eight years out, we were uh, purchased by the Chittenden Corporation, but the deal called for us to continue to operate independently. So we did that for 20 years. Yeah. And we made $3 billion in local small business loans. So it was it's huge. It was a legacy. Yeah. It's great. Huge yeah. impact. So let's flash flash forward because you just recently cut the ribbon, right? On the new bank that you're the chairman of. New Valley Bank and Trust. There's the name. Yeah. It was just sort of just evolved. <laughs> yeah, that's that's sort huge. of evolved, yeah. So, um, <laughs> look, I know, I mean, having been the founder of Nuvo, you know, one of the founders yeah, in the yeah. original Nuvo Bank, mm -hmm. and at that time everybody said, I mean, when we opened, it was August of 2008, a month before the credit crisis. Yeah. The timing, the timing <laughs> it was impeccable, was right? Yeah, timing was an issue. Actually, one of the things I was going to do is I told the board members, Don Chase actually liked this idea. I said, we're going to take out full page ads. It's going to be a white page. And it's going to say, uh, we owe nothing. We own nothing. Come bank with us. Nouveau Bank, right? <laughs> Cleanest balance sheet in America. Yeah, yeah. Because right? yeah. everybody was going under. But I mean, back then, everybody told us it was crazy. So here you are in an overbanked market. You've heard that before, mm -hmm. and you're doing it again. What? What happened? Well, I think I think there's a there's a need. Uh, the, Obviously, you, know, you, the, did, a, you the, did a huge the rage. The story is the uh, uh, ongoing, continuing mergers and acquisitions and consolidations of uh, the big banks cre creates creates a vacuum. Yeah, and we're moving into that that uh, space. Um, same formula. Uh, we have uh, 300 local investors, very motivated investors, yeah. and we raised 23 and a half million dollars. Yeah, and, uh, so we have uh, more capital than you needed to raise. Yeah, more, way, way more than what we need yeah. uh, for regulatory purposes. And um, it's a different environment. Margins are a little skinnier now, as you know from your Nouveau experience. And yeah. uh, so there's other ways you have to make it happen. But uh, we opened uh, two weeks ago, three weeks ago, and business is coming in, and hopefully we can execute now. You get it done right. <coughs> so, you know, when we opened Nuvo, we always had this conversation. We didn't, we didn't execute on this, but we always had this conversation about creating a different experience, a unique banking experience, you know. Not the same old banking experience. Is that part of what you see New Valley as, or...? But it almost happens automatically mm. because you, because of your size and because of your, your you have the ability to pay attention to people. You don't have the uh, you don't have the legacy. Of, you've got to talk to this person, this person, this person because there's this person. There's no person, and so that makes a big difference. Yeah, the customer knows they're talking to someone that can make a decision, and that works. It's huge. Yeah. Yeah. So what do you think the biggest challenge will be? The, the biggest challenge, I think, in this in, in banking environment from a business viewpoint is the margin. Interest rates are a lot different now than they were 32 years ago. And uh, you have to be uh, more adept at making sure you, you, you have your net interest margin in the right place. And so that means you don't pay too much for your deposits. 
and you don't charge too little for your loans, but you have to make that balance. Yeah. At the same time, you have to have uh, uh, the ability to generate some fee income as well, and uh, we've, we've got some plans to be able to to, to do well in that arena. Yeah. So, and that's about what it is. Yeah, it's interesting. Absolutely. So, what are you most excited about beyond the bank today? I mean, when you look at your practice, you look at the landscape of opportunities. You look at you know. I think I think one of the more exciting things right now is what's happening in our region with respect to economic development. The you know the, everybody knows there's a billion dollar casino, and uh, but you know the real challenge is to have that spur of complementary development, not just in Springfield, but throughout the region so that um, we get the benefit of, of the major investment that MGM made and the major investment that came in from this, uh, the Chinese railroad company and yeah. those kinds of things. And in the meantime, there's a load of small businesses that are benefiting from it. And uh, it's, uh, you know, the excitement is there with local people willing to take risk again on development. And that makes a big difference. And I think it's going to bode well for us in the future. Yeah. I mean, I, all my business clients are, I mean, it's never been better, right? Yeah. The business environment. Yeah. Everybody's, the hardest thing is finding talent. Yeah. Is finding, right, top talent today and that kind of thing. It is, it, it's gratifying because people, a few years back, people were giving up on Springfield, you know, the, the core city. And, and there's no reason to give up on it. Yeah, it's I mean, the there. Quality of life, it's it's unbelievable. Absolutely. Um, so, what would you say? I asked you what your greatest decision in life was, and you answered it perfectly. What would you say the greatest mistake you ever made was? I don't. I you know. I'm, I don't think I have one. Okay. I, that gets to the level of greatest. I've made a lot. Yeah. I mean, we all made a lot, you know. You know Anyone that like, kind of registers that you went, and you really learned from that, you really took that? I think a few of, of the uh, investments I've made over time where, you know, we were impetuous and you didn't really know what you were doing. And, yeah. uh, you know, um, that I call them mistakes, but I wouldn't call them none, great mistakes. None of us have ever had any of those. Yeah. Right, yeah, right. yeah. That we talk yeah. about in, in any great way. So. Um, other things you're excited about? Bringing new staff to the firm, younger people, mentoring. That's a good point. That's really gratifying. Yeah, That's I mean, really I asked that because, I mean, it's really gratifying. I think you're a little older than me, but. Yeah, we've got some great young people in my office. Yeah. And, and yeah, and the great young people in the bank. Yeah. And it's nice to see it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, hopefully, we give them, or I, when I say people my, of my ilk, right. give them the, their credit and let them do what they want to do and let them let them make mistakes now and then. So that's how they learn and, and instead of over-mentoring them. Exactly. And, uh, so it's just really nice to see it. I get a little um, afraid of becoming irrelevant with technology. You walk down the hall now and you see two screens, a phone, conference call, and another phone, and they're all, you know, the the, the uh, velocity of communication is somewhat beyond my capability. Right. I have trouble typing, but I'm getting there, you know, but I, but, so. I hear you can hire for that. Yeah, you can, yeah, yeah. that's good, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is pretty crazy though, right, right. with technology and. 
velocity of change is incredible. Yeah, absolutely. Now, are your children, right? Yes. How, how many? Two, two boys. Yep. Three grandchildren. And where are the boys? My son, Frank, is a local commercial real estate uh, broker. Yeah. And my son, Brian's with me in the office. And my son, Frank's wife, Stephanie, is with me in the office. Ah, so we got some legacy. We, we got some legacy, yeah. Oh, that's great. Yeah. Yeah. And that's worked out? Very well. Yeah. Very well. Yeah. No, no trepidation when you first brought in a family member? No, not really. That's I'm good. Really happy to have them. Yeah. Yeah. That's fantastic. That's actually fantastic. I like to hear that. So there's some questions I ask all the people that I interview, and these questions actually come from a show called Inside the Actor's Studio. Did you ever watch that show? No. no. James Lipton would interview, you know, the great actors mm -hmm. of the world, the Russell Crowe's, the yeah. um, Brando's, that kind of thing. And, mm -hmm. and he had these series of questions that I really, really like to ask everybody because it's kind of continual theme. So what would you say your favorite word is? Thanks. Nice. What's your least favorite word? Golf. <laughs> I'm not playing very well lately. <laughs> yeah, I get that. What turns you on? Uh, I don't want to. That's a personal question. I'm not going to ask that. <laughs> okay. What turns you off? Uh, negativity. Got it. What's your favorite curse word? Golf. <laughs> uh, what occupation other than yours would you absolutely love to do? <laughs> Uh, poet. Really? Yeah, I'd like to be a poet. I like to. That's great. What occupation other than yours would you absolutely hate to do? Uh, professional basketball player. <laughs> we'll have him stand later. <laughs> <laughs> if heaven existed, what would you like to hear God say to you? Well, what, give me that one again. If heaven existed. What would you like to hear God say to you as you walk through the pearly gates? Thanks for coming. We don't have many lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> There's room at the end. Yeah, yeah. That's great. And the last big thing, we've got this little jukebox here. What's your favorite song? I really don't, I really don't have one. Um, Good friend of mine died a year ago, Donnie Shea. I don't know if you knew Donnie. Yeah. A great friend, a great local entrepreneur. He's a business partner. And uh, his family was kind enough to ask me to give the eulogy. And um, so in preparing for it, I uh, happened on this Irish song called The Parting Glass. And actually, you know, some Fitzgeralds can sing. There's a few of them that can sing. I can't. But I actually happened on this song, The Parting Glass, and I sung it as, as The Parting Glass. The Parting Glass, yeah. All right, put the quarter in, <laughs> the machine, right there, and we'll be playing The Parting Glass. But you know, you're lucky because the last two people we interviewed, we made them sing the song. Oh, I could sing it. Oh, good. Go ahead. Give us a few rounds. <laughs> it's a song? Yeah. <clears throat> Let me just see if I can do this. Of all the money that e'er I had, I spent it in good company. Of all the harm that e'er I've done, alas, it was to none but me. And all I've lost for want of wit, to memory now I can't recall. So fill to me the parting glass. Good night, 
and joy be to you all. Frank Fitzgerald, entrepreneur, <laughs> lawyer, good friend of many people here in the community of Western Massachusetts who's done wonderful things for thousands of people. Thank Thanks you. for being a part of Business and Booths. My pleasure. Yeah, great. Good. I'll see it once too.